says, moms of boys, finding balance in life often feels like chasing after the horizon, doesn't it? You can see it in the distance and you have a vague idea of what it looks like, but no matter how hard you try, you can never quite get there. So is it even possible to find balance in life? And if so, how? How do we decide which things in life are priorities and Which things do we need to take a break from? And how do we find joy in the midst of our busy schedules? That's what we are going to talk about in today's episode of Redeeming the Chaos. I am your host, Laurie Christine, and this is a podcast for moms who may feel a bit overwhelmed and worn out by the responsibility of raising boys. If you want your boys to grow up to be strong, courageous young men who are committed to following Jesus, this is the show for you. It is now 2023, and this is often the time of year that we reevaluate our lives, our priorities, and our schedules. Is there anything new that I need to add to my schedule? Or is there anything maybe that I need to say no to in this coming year? Well, we have a special guest on the show today who is an expert at helping moms find balance in their lives. She even has a podcast called The Balanced Momcast. Sandy Cooper is a Bible study teacher, a podcaster, an author, and a professionally certified home chef. She is passionate about helping frazzled moms find peace. She's the author of three books, including her latest called Mom, You're Amazing and Other Things I Want to Tell You. And she has been blogging since 2008 at thescooponbalance.com. She podcasts weekly at the Balance Momcast from her home office in Florida, where she lives with her family. Sandy Cooper, welcome to Redeeming the Chaos. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. I'm excited to be here. Well, Sandy, could you just start out by telling us just a little bit about your family, where you are in the parenting journey, ages of your kids, those sorts of things? Sure. Well, my name is Sandy Cooper. As you stated, I have been married to John for 29 years. We just celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary in October. And together we have four children. Our youngest just turned 16. She is adopted from Guatemala. We have a boy who is 21. I have to stop and think, how old are all of my children? He's 21. (laughs) He also came to us through adoption. He was at a domestic adoption here in Florida. And then I have a 23-year-old daughter. She is our biological child. And then I have what who would be my son Noah would be 25. He passed away when he was nine months old. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your family. And we're excited to just get to know you a little bit better here on the podcast. So you are all about this topic of balance, your podcast, your blog, it's all about balance. So how would you define balance for our listeners? Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, I really like to begin by defining balance by telling people what balance is not, because I feel like balance is one of those very polarizing words, you know, and when women hear it, they have very strong feelings about it. And I think it's because so many of us define it wrong. So before I give you my actual definition, here's what balance is not. Balance is not doing everything. Balance is not doing everything your friends are doing. Balance is not doing everything that your friends think you should be doing. It's not doing everything that you see other women doing on Instagram or Pinterest or TikTok or whatever social media platform is 
popular when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it sometime in the future, it is not doing everything well. You're allowed to be bad at things and still be well-balanced. Balance is not doing a little bit of everything every day. And that is where I used to get really tripped up. And balance is not spreading yourself equally among every person and task and responsibility and expectation, which is where I think most women get tripped up. And balance is not the absence of stress because stress is just part of life. And if your goal in life is to be stress-free, then you will be perpetually frustrated because that is an unrealistic expectation. So if you're defining balance by any of those definitions, it is a recipe for failure because it's just not going to happen. So instead, I like to define balance this way, and it it is a very meaty definition because I spend an entire book unpacking this definition, but I'm going to just throw it out there and then we can do with it what you will. (laughs) Balance is the peace that you have when you know your priorities and you're living a life that reflects those priorities through freedom in Christ. And what I mean by through freedom in Christ, meaning it means that I am operating freely in my God-given gifts and strengths and I have right attitudes and I have right thinking about what I'm doing. That is so good. And I love that you mentioned what balance is not. Yeah. A couple of those spoke to me personally, like it's not spreading yourself equally among all of your people and tasks. Like I feel like that is very common mm-hmm. among, among moms thinking, well, if I, I have to spend equal time with my kids and my job and my housework, and if I don't spend equal times with all of those things every day, I do not have a balanced life. And I... I love this definition. So let's break it down a little bit. So having peace, knowing what your priorities are, and then living out those priorities through your freedom in Christ. So let's talk about priorities just a little bit. Tell us how do priorities play into leading a balanced life? How do we decide what those priorities are? How do we know if we have the right priorities in our in our life? Yeah, that's a great question. I am a Christian. I know that this is a a Christ-centered podcast. Sometimes I talk to people about balance, and it's hard to leave the Jesus component out because I I don't know how to do balance without the Bible, without the Word of God, without Jesus. So, Mm -hmm. So I would say understanding your priorities begins with understanding what Jesus said your priorities should be. So from like a big stand back broad viewpoint, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? His answer was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And he went on to say, "These on these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. So in, in a word, if you love God and you love the people that he has placed in your life with all of your heart, And loving the people in your life as you love yourself implies that you're taking care of yourself. So that's a component of balance and should be a priority as well. Everything else falls into place. When it says all the law and the prophets hang on these, what he's really saying is all those laws, everything you're trying to do to do the right thing, to treat people well and to love people well and to not lie and not steal and and not covet and all of those things, all of that, if you love God and you love your people, everything else falls into place. So our priorities begin there. Now, what, what that looks like for you and what that looks like for me, 
that's where we have to like break it down and we have to ask ourselves specific questions like, am I married? (laughs) That my spouse should be a priority. Do I have children? My children should be a priority. How old are my children? What season of parenting am I in? Because infants require different amounts of time and different kinds of attention than a 16-year-old or a 27-year-old. Like so you and then we have to ask ourselves, do I work? <laughs> do I do I have any other obligations? It, it, and then you just really start breaking it down. And so obviously there's not a quick answer to that because your priorities will be very very dependent on the answers to those questions, but it all begins with understanding that loving God and loving your neighbor as you love yourself everything else flows from those two things. So that would be very different, as you said, from person to person. I was just thinking like one mom might have this whole list of things that she's involved in and all of these different things. And and another mom may look at those same things and be like, how does she handle that? I couldn't do those things, but those shouldn't be her priorities because that's not where God has placed her. So yeah, just looking at who has God placed in your life? Who has God put in your life that you need to love. Is there any sort of tool that you have or that you have used or that you would recommend as far as writing out priorities? Like here are the people that are in my life. Here are the responsibilities God has given me. How do I look at that from an objective standpoint and figure out where should I be spending my time? What should I be dedicating the most energy to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that is basically my book. Okay. <laughs> that, that is, yeah. So, so my, my first book is called Finding Your Balance and it is, it's a Bible study. So we do, we take the scriptures beginning with the one that I just read and I take women through a very practical series of exercises to identify those very things. Because, because even, I mean, and you know this, cause you've got lots of kids with different ages. I can't even look at at you with your kids, even if we have the exact same number of kids and our kids are the exact same ages, you are different than me. Like your tolerance levels are different from me. And that's where that component of operating with freedom in Christ and understanding what your gifts and strengths are and where your boundaries are. Because I might, I might get more tired doing things that make you come alive. Your kids might not be potty trained at the exact same age as mine, or you might have kids who, you know, give you all kinds of grief about setting the table. And I might have the most compliant kid in the world. You might have a super neat freak husband and I might have a super messy husband. All of those things are components that we can't just, it's just not an apples to apples comparison with other women. It's a comparison is never a good idea, period. When I'm talking to women about balance, I really encourage them to give themselves tons of grace because it requires really getting to know who you are, where you thrive, what your family dynamic looks like, what specific season you're in. And yes, I do take people through a very systematic series of exercises that's basically the book. That's the tool. Awesome. <laughs> well, I will definitely have links to that in the show notes. And obviously you can find it on Amazon. Tell us just the name of the book again, real quick. Finding Your Balance. Finding Your Balance. Awesome. Yep. And I love that you mentioned the peace that comes with having the right priorities and the freedom in Christ to make those priorities based on your individual circumstances. I was just thinking about we just said two women can have the exact same life in theory, same kids, same 
position, same job, what, whatever. And one can have a well-balanced life and the other might feel completely off balance. And a lot of times I feel like it has to do with your attitude towards your circumstances and that, that peace in your heart and your mind. It's not the circumstances so much that throw us off. It's not necessarily, well, my kids are so much worse than your kids and therefore I can't have a balanced life and I see that you do. I think it has a lot to do with yeah, your heart and, and that peace that comes from Christ and not so much your circumstances. So mom's listening of you're thinking, well, you don't know my kids or you can't see into my house and my family and the chaos that is happening here. Be encouraged because I think that it doesn't have to do so much with what's happening around you, but what's happening within you and within your heart. Is that is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, that's exactly. And and at, at the beginning of the book, I don't remember what chapter it's in, but I, it's pretty early on in, in the book. I talk about balance basics. And, and that's one of the things that I talk about is that that balance is really how we see our situation. It's not necessarily the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we can have balance in, in any situation. If, if, we, if we have the peace of God, knowing that how we are moving through that situation is honoring the Lord and that we're loving Him and we're loving the people He has placed in our lives— that's where the balance comes in. Now, certainly there are like, there's time management tools we can talk about and there's there's calendar issues that we can talk about and, and there's certain things that we probably should be doing and shouldn't be doing that will make our lives flow easier and will we'll usher in peace more readily. But real peace, like the true peace of God, that comes from just spending time with the Lord and getting to know Him and allowing Him to show you how to access the peace that He has already given you through your salvation. Yeah, no matter what, no matter what right. your situation. Absolutely. But there are times that we do have control over our situations and we do have control over some of those things that come into our schedules. So I know in your book, you talk a lot about busyness and mm-hmm. how that can be a big barrier to peace and a barrier to balance. So talk to us a little bit about busyness. How does busyness play a role in throwing off the balance in our lives? And then we can talk a little bit about just some of the strategies for what to do. Sure. So in the book, I, I define four, there's probably more barriers to balance that are out there in the world, but I I've identified four of them. And, and so I'm going to just name them really quick because business, busyness kind of comes as a byproduct of the others. So, okay. so it's perfectionism and then people pleasing and comparison and then busyness and, and busyness, people are usually not busy just because they're busy. There's usually, it's kind of, it's a symptom of a deeper problem. Mm, yeah. So you're usually busy because of something else. So for example, if you're a perfectionist, I'm a recovering all of these things. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm a recovering comparison to every person. And I'm a recovering busy person. And ongoing have to keep that flower bed weeded all the time. You know what I mean? Like I am always struggling with busyness. But but the reason I would become busy, for example, when I was really struggling with perfectionism, perfectionists tend to spend way more time on things to get them to a certain place that they can't be okay with it until they, we, me, can't be okay with it until it gets to a certain level of goodness 
or or acceptance. Like it, you, you just need it to get a certain way before you can move on. What that does then is it causes you to spend way too much time in the weeds doing things that when you should be moving on to the next thing. That type of repeated behavior every single day with every single task will cause you to be too busy. You might have the exact right number of things on your plate that you should normally be able to handle, but because you spend way, 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 way too much time doing things, it's going to cause you to be overly busy. So if I'm talking to someone who is I, I want to find out why are you busy. So if you are a perfectionist, we're gonna we're gonna talk about ways to walk away from things. And I have all kinds of strategies for perfectionists, like how to move through a task and be truly okay. Because I have worked on this in my own life so hard to make sure that I can move through tasks and not get caught in the weeds. If I struggle with people pleasing, I am saying yes to things because I. I am either addicted to people's approval of me or I fear them not liking me if I say no. Hmm. And so people pleasers will say yes to all kinds of things that they have no business saying yes to because they're afraid. And by the way, all of these are rooted, everything everything apart from Christ is rooted either in fear or pride. So these all have even deeper roots below even what what we see, you know, we see it as people pleasing, but really it's a fear issue or a pride issue that is simmering below that. So if I'm talking to someone who is overly busy because they have said yes to too many things because they're afraid, I'm going to deal with that person differently than the perfectionist who's caught in the weeds doing the exact number of things they're supposed to be doing, but spending way too much time. Someone who struggles with comparison they're saying yes to things because they're seeing other people, other moms, other women, other families who seem to be doing all these things. And so they say yes to things because they have to keep, they feel like they have to keep up. It becomes a pride issue. And so that person is overly busy because, again, they've said yes to too many things for a different reason than the person who is a people pleaser, for example. So if I'm talking to someone and I realize that what we're dealing with is comparison, I'm going to talk to her about what she's putting before her eyes, how she is actually interpreting what other women are doing, the root of comparison, and how, if you look through scripture, I mean, we literally see comparison with the very first two kids with Cain and Abel. And every single time comparison is used in the Bible as an example, it ends in murder. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it, it ends either in murder or attempted murder. So when Saul was jealous of David, he's trying to, you know, throw a spear and pierce him at the wall. Yeah. When when the people are jealous of Paul and the people in the city, it says that they get jealous because Paul's getting all the attention and they try to stone him to death. You know, Cain and Abel, the 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 one gets jealous because God likes his sacrifice better and then he goes and murders him. It is just this repeated pattern and so we need to we need to dig deeper and find out why why are we busy? Why are we busy? I don't think I ever thought through those different 
reasons for our busyness. And this is kind of telling in my own life because my assumption was, well, yeah, everybody is busy because they just can't say no. As you were talking through those, like, oh, maybe I have the people pleasing problem mm-hmm. because that was kind of my go-to reason. I even wrote in my notes here, let's talk about how to say no to things in our schedules, how to cut things out of our schedules that aren't necessary and, and things like that. So that is so good to, to look at the root of, of why you're busy in the first place. And busyness looks different for different people. You know, one person might, like we said before, you might have the exact same number of activities on your schedule. And one of you is struggling with being too busy. And one of you is not. That person's thriving, right? Yeah. It can be the exact, that's why you can't compare. You can't look at other women. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who is just like, I know I need to get rid of some things on my schedule. I know I need to cut some things out. Where do I even begin? Everything feels so important right now. Everything feels like it's a necessity. How do I even start paring down my schedule a little bit so that I'm not so busy? I think it's really important to, again, you have to address how did I get here in the first place? Why am I so busy? Before you can really address what you need to let go of. Because it's not going to be like, a well, you should always let go of this. Mm-hmm. For example, if I'm overly busy because I just brought a newborn home and I am still trying to keep up with housework and running my other kids at places and, you know, volunteering and, you know, I'm going to give her, I'm going to give that woman a different set of things to do. Then I'm going to give the retired mom, <laughs> the mom who's all all her kids are grown and gone, and and because she's a very capable, sharp woman, everyone comes to her, and she can't say no to anyone. I feel like we need to get to the root of how did we get here in the first place? Busyness is an ongoing issue for me for a lot of reasons. And I am extremely intentional about the things that I allow into my life. Before this book was even written and published in 2017, I lived this message for a solid 20 years probably. (laughs) And so I have learned to really, really, really be intentional about how I approach my schedule, what I allow onto my calendar, and and I do regular, you know, calendar purges and that type of thing. But I feel like for me, um, I have to sit down periodically and just be like, okay, if I'm starting to feel overwhelmed, sometimes it might mean that I just need help. You know, that I need, I maybe I need, my kids are old enough now that they help around the house. And, and maybe I have let it go and I just, I've taken it all back on myself and I'm the one in there, you know, preparing the meals and cleaning up after the meals and doing everyone's laundry and scrubbing their toilets. And maybe I just need to be like, Hey, you guys, I need help. Maybe it really is. I just need to quit something. You know, something has run its course and this other thing has come on or it's an emergency situation. There was a period of time when my dad was really sick and I was having to do a lot of traveling back to my back and forth from my hometown to my house. And, and it was taking me away from home for a while. And so just a lot of things that I was working on just had to be you know, sidelined for a while. I just had to, I just had to set it aside for a while. And so there isn't just like a hard and fast, okay, she needs to always do this. She needs to sit down and she needs to ask herself, 
how did I get here? What's on my plate? And and honestly, there is, in that chapter on busyness, I do take them through a process. So it might mean that you just like declare bankruptcy in your schedule and you're like, I am going to dump everything off my plate and Lord, I want you to put only the things that you are telling me to do back on. And it might mean one little tweak. It might mean just one little hiring of someone, one delegating of something, one setting this aside might be just make all the difference. I do also, and I I wasn't going to mention this, but I have actually a quiz that's called what is your busyness personality? And it kind of helps women understand, am I the kind of person who I just don't even know what my priorities are? And so I kind of say yes to everything and attend to whatever is the most urgent? Or am I the kind of person that's kind of, you know, there are people who are like addicted to busyness and they just, they thrive on that constant you know, my husband is like that. Like he just cannot sit still and he loves to move at a fast clip, but he reaches his, his, his threshold. And then he doesn't know what to say no to because he sits on three boards and he's training for a triathlon and he's, you know, president of all the hospitals. And you know what I mean? Like he's, he's that kind of guy. And so it's harder for him. So there's, there's going to be, depending on your results of the quiz, again, it might, might help you learn what to address first, I guess. Well, that quiz sounds like it would be really helpful for our listeners. So I will include a link in the show notes for them to to figure out what is causing that busyness. And it's interesting that you said, you know, it's not always eliminating something. Looking at your schedule, it's not always like, oh, well, I have to cut this out or, oh, I'm going to have to say no to this thing. It might just be asking for help, like you said, which I know is hard. <laughs> it might be hard to ask someone to come. I had a friend the other day who told me, she was like, you know what? The laundry was just getting out of control and I needed help. And I called a friend and I said, will you please come over and just hang out with me while I do laundry? And their friend mm-hmm. was like, yes, I can do that. I was like, I love that. Like that is so I do too. great to see just that support. And like, that's what living in community is about. Just being able to reach out to someone and say, Hey, I need help. Like you said, balance is not doing everything well. Right. It's okay to say, hey, right. I, I'm not good at this and I need help. I'm not yes. good at cleaning my house. Will you please right. help me? Or, hey, yes. can I hire somebody to clean my house? That is totally fine. Or if you need someone to come watch the kids one day a week, that's totally fine. You know, getting that's the right. help that you need, I think, is really good. So I think that between your book and that quiz, I think that would be super helpful to help our listeners get to the bottom of what is causing that busyness, what yes. is causing that unbalance in my life. One of the things that I know for moms, when they think about balance, they're always thinking about feeling guilty. Like I know I feel like that kind of comes in a lot in conversations about having a balanced life because you feel like no matter where you are, you're supposed to be somewhere else. Yep. (laughs) You know, like you're with your kids, playing with your kids and you're feeling like, oh, I've got so much housework to do. I should be doing the laundry. You're doing the laundry. You're thinking about, I've got so much at work. I need to catch up on. I'm so behind and my boss is going to be annoyed. You know, and then when you're actually at work, you're thinking, oh, I should be spending time with my kids. I feel so bad because they're watching a movie right now while I'm working, you know. (laughs) Yes, I do know. (laughs) I know. I mean, I'm not speaking from personal experience or anything. No, no. All those other moms who struggle with that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So what what would you say to a mom? Like they know what their priorities are. So let's say they've gone through, they've figured out. I know. So for myself, for example, I know that God has led me to be a podcaster and to be a writer and I'm fully committed. 
I know that God has given me children. I know that he has given me a husband and he's given me a family. So I know that these are all things that I need to work on. How would you encourage a mom who struggles with feeling guilty with all of the other things that she's not doing or she's not getting done at the time? Yeah, that is, that's a very, very good question. (laughs) First of all, I would say when you were describing that, I feel like I felt the whole world of moms listening, nodding in agreement to what you were saying, because I Mm -hmm. feel like that is literally (laughs) something there. There are some things that are just universal struggles to every mom that I know personally. And that is one of them. I will say that after now having lived through like a full cycle of parenting where I went from, you know, womb to launching. Okay. I'm now, my daughter moved out in 2017. So I, my oldest has been gone. I will say that I, with that perspective, I now recognize that the, the prime time when that kind of guilt is really permeating a mom's mind is usually right in the middle years of pretty much like where you are right now, Lori, actually, <laughs> because most most new moms with that baby, man, she is just focused. She can tell you every single thing about that infant because she is so dialed in to that infant. It's That baby's new, motherhood is new, and she's not feeling a lot of guilt about not doing a lot of things. And plus, people are coming in to help her. And you know, that's, that's a season where it looks unbalanced from the out word because it's just like the funkiest season ever where you're sleep deprived and people are bringing you food and and your house is a wreck and and you're just holding this other human all the time and it's like really crazy unbalanced but also the most balanced time ever it's like that's exactly what should be happening during that season okay so in that season there's not a lot of that going on i will i will be happy to report to you that once kids start leaving your home and all of a sudden you realize like oh my gosh, they really do leave. And in kind of a panicky way, like it gives you a reality check of all of a sudden you realize again what is important. So there's a clarity at the beginning and there's a clarity when they start leaving and there's not a lot of that guilt anymore. But when you are right in the middle, <laughs> like where you are right now, where I was for many years, there there is just that ruminating of no matter what I'm doing, I feel like I should be doing something else. So so here's what I there's there's two things that I would suggest, and both of them are things that I have done. First of all, I would identify every day. I would start with just one thing. What's one thing that has to happen today in order for me to be okay? And and I wouldn't even say like one thing that to make me feel balanced, unless you are really solid on your definition of balance being that I have the peace of God about what I'm how I'm living my life right now. If if you're not if you're not married to that definition yet and you are still thinking of balance in one of those other ways don't say balance in your head just say what's one thing that if that is the only thing that happened today that I would be okay and that might be I I need to I need to be able to cuddle my my youngest child today if I just do that today or spend quality time with each of my kids or it might be I need to have the kitchen cleaned up like when when the kitchen is not clean, I'm not okay. And you don't need to feel guilty about any of it. Like you know you, and you need to identify what that is. 
And after you identify the one, I would say, okay, now let's add one more. Okay. If I could only do two things today and then three, I would not, I would stop at three. And, and it, it might mean that like you, if you can just accomplish one thing in each of those areas, so something connecting with my kids, moving the needle on my job and, and, and keeping this room clean. Like if those three things are done and I go to bed tonight and that's all that happened, I will be okay. And then you always, you, you strive for those things. Okay. So that would be at a very elementary level because most days you're going to get a lot more done than that. So, you know, for me, I would probably add like exercise in there because I can only put off exercise for so many days before I'm not okay anymore. So I have to make that like a very high priority connection with my kids, very high priority, you know, for it, for every parent or every mom, it's going to be a little bit different. The other thing that I would really encourage her to do, and this is back to like how we're thinking about balance and how we're thinking about our days. So, you know, everybody talks about gratitude journals and I am like the biggest failure of gratitude journals in the history of gratitude journal attempters. Like I just, I try, I would try. And what I, what would end up happening is I would every morning sit down and start writing out the three things I'm thankful for. And it would be like coffee, Jesus, kids, coffee, coffee, John, Jesus, coffee. (laughs) Like it would always, coffee would always be first (laughs) and then all the things after. And I was just like naming things that I'm thankful for. And I don't remember where I heard this, but I have adopted it as my own. And I tell everybody, I started out my day with a different question. And I started asking myself, if I could remember, if all I could remember about yesterday was one thing, what would I want to remember about yesterday? Like forever and ever and ever. And I started this practice years ago, and I still do it to this day. And I I sit down every morning first thing. And I ask myself, how do I want to remember yesterday? And what what it starts to bring up is moments. It starts to bring up moments instead of things. So all of a sudden it becomes riding in the car, in carpool, with Eliana, and the way the sky looked and how we were both mesmerized by it. I want to remember that forever and ever. Or, you know, it's when we all sat down to dinner and everyone said, mom, this looks so good. Thank you. And everyone was like genuinely excited about what I served. I want to remember that forever. Or climbing into bed with my brand new book at the end of the day. So what that does is it doesn't only force me to remember yesterday in the right way, but then throughout the day, I am on the lookout for those things. So we'll be in the car and we'll have that sunrise moment. And I will think, oh, this is going to be in my list tomorrow. Like, this is awesome. That sky is so amazing. Or I'll see the look on my son's face when he walks in after, you know, he did something really cool at work and he'll be telling me about it. And as he's saying it to me, I'll think, I'm going to write this tomorrow morning. This is my thing for tomorrow morning. And what that does, Lori, is it makes us as moms just be present. Like just because all of a sudden it's not us going, be present, be present, be present. It's I'm thinking, I don't ever want to forget this moment right here. Like this moment is incredible. 
And, you know, not every moment is going to stand out that way. It shouldn't. Like, that's not life. You know, sometimes you're cleaning toilets and you hate it. And sometimes you're stuck in traffic and it's gross. And sometimes, you know, your knee hurts when you go to stand up and it's like painful. And you know what I mean? So like, those aren't going to be the things that you try to remember, but you don't need to feel guilty about that. And sometimes you're just working and, and, and you just got to get work done. And that's okay too. You know, not every moment needs to be like the best moment ever, but nor do you need to feel guilty for spending time doing that thing because life is full of all of those things. Yeah. And if you've spent that time to figure out your priorities, to know where God has placed you and what God has given you to do, you know, you don't have to feel guilty about like, listen, I am making money and I am earning some money for our family and it's not glamorous and it's maybe not where I'd like to be right now. And I wish I could be playing with the kids or I wish I could be doing something else, but this is where God has me right now. And this is a responsibility that he's given me. And, you know, it's just, you know, going through life. Well, and that, and I just want to say, that's why it's so important to start with solidifying what your priorities are. Yeah. Because if, if you don't know, if you're not, if you're starting at how do I stop feeling guilty because I feel like no matter what I'm doing, I should be doing something else, but you haven't gone through the exercise to figure out, Lord, what does it look like? to love you right now in this season with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love the people that you have placed in my life. What does that look like right now in this month, in this week, and today? Then then you will always be spinning in circles going, I don't know what I'm supposed to focus on. It reminded me of the quote, and I'm sure our listeners have probably heard this, and I'm sure you've heard it before. Jim Elliott says, wherever you are, be all there. And yes. it's has always been one of my favorite quotes. And I actually looked it up today because I was I was thinking about it in preparation for our interview here. And the rest of the quote, which I don't think a lot of people often read or often remember, it says, wherever you are, be all there. And then he says, live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. And oh, I felt wow. like that just encompasses what we've just been talking about. If you believe this to be the will of God in your life, you know, loving God with all of your heart, loving the people around you, <laughs> you know that that's the will of God for you. And so you don't have to feel guilty about it. Whatever you're doing, if you're spending time with your kids, be all there. And I would say from a practical standpoint, if you find yourself always being distracted by, like this was me, I would I would go into you know, one of my kids' bedrooms to, with the intention of playing with them. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I'd walk into the bedroom, I would see the mess. Yes. And I would I would start like picking up and organizing. I mean, because that's just my natural inclination to do that. And and then, you know, use up all that time that I should have been playing with them because I was so distracted with the mess. If that's you, if the reason you can't be present with your kids is because you're always distracted with the other thing, then then I would encourage you that when you can, like take them get them outside, do something that gets you away from that distraction. So that, and, and, and I would say, I'm a big fan of using timers. So a lot of times like, you know, cause when you're home all day, I, I work from home. I've been a stay at home mom since I had kids and, you know, so that all the boundaries blur, you know, I think, I think women who work outside the home have a different set of struggles and I, it's, I'm not ever going to imply that they don't struggle, but with this particular struggle, those of us who work from home and the kids are coming in and out and the laundry is there and the dust is there and the dirty dishes are there and, and 
you know, you're thinking, oh, I just need to hurry up and while I'm taking this break, do this thing and do that thing. Timers just were a big friend of mine. It still are. I set timers all the time. When I would be doing housework and one of my kids would be like, you know, mommy, will you play dollhouse with me? Mommy, will you play trains with me? Mommy, will you color with me? So I would sit down and I would set a timer and I would say, I'm going all in for 30 minutes on this. I would know, everybody would know it's going to come to an end. I would say, okay, I can stop my work for this amount of time. When this timer goes off, I'm going to have to go back. Then the kids are okay because their expectations are adjusted accordingly. You're okay because you can go all in. It's not this, you know, sometimes when we go to play with our kids, it feels like a black hole. Like, oh gosh, I'm never going to get out of this. I've got so much to do. And that's a real struggle, especially when they're home and you have work to do. You know, and there's lots of strategies you can do where you can pull your kids in and, you know, if, if you are always feeling the pull between like housework and kids, I mean, your kids should be joining you in the housework. Like it shouldn't be this big separation of I have to do the housework or spend time with the kids. No, like l- we all can clean and then we can all have fun when we're done. Like there's strategies that you can implement depending on wh- what your struggle is and what you're feeling guilty about not doing. There's ways to kind of incorporate different things. That's such a good idea to set timers for other things too, you know, even like housework, I'm thinking like, I'm just going to clean for 30 minutes and go all in. And I'm always amazed at how much I can get done in that short period of time. Me too. When I actually just do it. Or sometimes I'll be like avoiding a task for weeks and like, I'm just going to set 10 minutes and I'm going to do it. And I'm like, really? I avoided that for two weeks and it was done in 10 minutes. And it's done. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, that's one of the big strategies I talked about in the book for perfectionists, because that's one of the problems perfectionists deal with is that they will, they, we (laughs) will avoid a task if we can't get it completely done Mm, because it feels like so overwhelming. If we can't do it from start to finish, then we just won't do it at all. And so (laughs) I will often tell myself 10 minutes or 10 things. One of the things that always piles up for me is the mail. The mail pile gets unruly. And then I just avoid it for the longest time. And I will tell myself, I will just go through 10 pieces of mail. I can remember when we used to have a basement when we lived up in Kentucky and that was where the kids' toys were. And it would just become just awful. And I would think I've got to get down there and start picking that up. And I would say, okay, I'm just going to do it for 10 minutes, like you said. And then when inevitably, like once you get in there and the rhythm starts and you realize how much you can actually get done, it either gives you momentum to just finish the job yeah, or you realize like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad or, or your 10 minutes are up and then you feel free to move on to something else. And then you do it again, like a little bit later. I'm like, okay, I'm going to chip away at this 10 minutes at a time. Yeah. That's so great. Sandy, I wish that we could just keep talking. Cause I feel like we'd barely just scratch the surface of the, the topic of balance. And yeah. <laughs> there were, I had so many other things I wanted to talk about in my notes, but I feel like we're almost out of time here. So I just want to mention a couple things that our listeners can maybe go and look up on their own because you have a podcast. I do. Tell, just tell us briefly about your podcast. And then I want to mention one of the episodes that I actually listened to on your podcasts. Sure. I, my podcast is called The Balanced Momcast. It is a podcast for overwhelmed Christian moms. It's a weekly podcast. There are 30-minute episodes-ish. And yeah, I've been podcasting. By the time this airs, I will have close to 170 episodes there that people can dig into the archives. And and all the things that we even talked about here, I I I delve into all of that on the on the podcast. So yeah, absolutely. Come on over and and take a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think you guys will enjoy the podcast. And 
and like Sandy said, be able to dive a little bit deeper into some of the topics. One of the topics that I that I listened to just recently was about expectations. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit, but I don't think we have time, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Go look up the podcast episode on expectations and how that plays a role in helping us to find balance and how our expectations, when our expectations aren't met, then we feel off balance. And so anyway, that was a great episode and I really loved it. So I'll look up a link and make sure that that's in, in the show notes. And then I know Sandy is very passionate about getting off of social media. And she has been on a big kick on her podcast and on her blog about why you don't need social media in your life, why social media is not good for you and why it's totally okay to leave. So that was another topic that I wish we had time to to discuss, but I'll have some links in the the show notes for you guys to check out some of her episodes on on the evils of of social media and why. (laughs) And if you love social media, like don't feel guilty, but if you don't love it and you feel like you're stuck, then go listen to these episodes. You know, these aren't episodes to make you feel guilty. It's episodes to help you find freedom, to find freedom from from social media in your life. So anyway, you can check out those episodes. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, as far as when you were talking about busyness and the problem of busyness, like if you're trying to get healthy in your life and and you're looking at your diet, like your overall diet, there are some no-brainer things that are easy to get out of your diet. Like if you're drinking soda or if you're eating a lot of like highly processed packaged snacks, like that kind of thing, they're fast food, like things that everyone agrees are, are bad for you and are easy to ditch. For as far as time goes, I feel like social media falls in that category where unless you're using it for work or deep connection, which, you know, I would even question that. Is that (laughs) Um, even possible? Yeah. Is that even possible? (laughs) If you are feeling overwhelmed and you don't know what to cut out first and you're spending time on social media, the statistics show that the average person spends more than two hours a day on social media. Social media users spend at least two hours a day on social media. And so that may be a, that for me was a quick two hours that I gained back in my, in my time when I went on a strict social media hiatus back in 2019 and basically never came back. I I gained back two hours a day. So that would be like a really quick way. If you are wondering where to start Look at your social media usage, and I bet you, you can find some place to trim right there. Yeah. And who doesn't want two extra hours in your day? You know, like you're complaining about, oh, I'm just so busy. I don't have time for this and that. Hey, let's not scroll through Instagram and TikTok videos for hours and let's see how much time we get back in our day. Yeah. So I know you have a couple of books. We talked about finding your balance, and then you just had a new book come out recently called Mom, You're Amazing. Where can we find that book? And just give us a brief synopsis of like who that's for and and what the book's about. Sure. So Mom, You're Amazing and Other Things I Want to Tell You is a collection of essays that I had written over about a 20-year period on motherhood. And so I have, I mentioned, or you mentioned that I have been blogging since 2008. And what I did is I went through those blog posts. I had like 700 blog posts that I had written and I categorized them. And these are all the posts. I had these, these posts that I had written on motherhood from the time in 2008, you know, I had it was when we had just adopted our youngest daughter and I started writing about motherhood and reflected back on the births of all my kids. And right up until it ends, 
the the period ends right when as my daughter was my oldest daughter was moving out and and so this this book is encouragement for moms with kids still in the home and there are some funny stories in there it's just a collection of essays it's divided up into three different sections so we have the baby and toddler years then the elementary school years and then the middle school high school years and so depending on where you are in the parenting journey you probably relate to some of the content more than other parts but it's it's written it's kind of it's kind of written to the the mom who just needs some perspective from someone who's already been through the season that you're you're in. I don't want to call myself older and wiser, but I always wished that I had the older, wiser mom that would give me some perspective. And this book is hopefully that for the moms that are coming up behind me. That sounds like it would be a great book to give as a gift. I know Mother's Day is a few months away, but yes. you know, if you have a, a mom friend, maybe a new mom, maybe a mom that you know that is struggling, mm-hmm. this would be a great gift for another mom, but buy it for yourself. I mean, this sounds like a really great encouragement for you as a mom. Read it and and be encouraged by someone who has walked the path a, a little bit ahead of you. I think a lot of our listeners are kind of in the middle years, you know, elementary, maybe middle school age kids. So, and I'm sure they can find that wherever books are sold. And so Sandy, just to recap all of the places that we can find you. Your podcast is The Balanced Momcast. And then your website and your blog is thescooponbalance.com. That's that's correct. And then you can find Sandy's books both on her website or on Amazon. So Sandy, any just final encouragement for our listeners before we go today? Mm. Yeah, I I think probably the thing that I would leave, I would want to leave the listeners with is just... Just take a breath. <laughs> like I know so many of us just feel like we're running so hard and we're chasing all the things and we feel all this pressure to to be and do and 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 make sure that our kids are doing this and that and our marriages are intact and our you know it, it, it just all it's so much. I really want to encourage moms to take a breath, take some time to rest prioritize rest, prioritize your time with the Lord, talk to the Lord. If you're feeling overwhelmed, go to him first, run to him a thousand times a day if you need to. He's always there. He, The peace of God is available to you. And, and you can do this. Like You are the woman for the job. God has given you everything that you need to complete this task of motherhood. And it is, it is a, a God-given assignment and you have what it takes because the Lord is in you and he's leading you. And so, yeah, carry on. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us today on Redeeming the Chaos. It has been such a joy chatting with you. And I know our moms listening are just going to be really encouraged. So thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Hey, friends, before you go, I just wanted to tell you about a book giveaway that I am holding right now. I usually do these book giveaways once a year, and I am so excited for the collection of books that are in the giveaway this time. They're all books for boys, so if you want to help your child grow up to be a strong, courageous young man who wants to follow Jesus, 
then be sure to sign up for this giveaway. So let me just tell you a little bit about it. There are nine books included to help you raise courageous boys, and I've divided them into three categories this time. Books to train, books to disciple, and books to entertain your boys. So let me give you a quick rundown of some of those books. So the books to train, are these are more parenting books that will help you train your boys. One of them is Wild Things by Stephen James and David Thomas. And we had David Thomas on the podcast several times, and he has so much great information. He is the expert on raising boys. And we actually talked about a lot about his book, Wild Things. I'll link to some of those older episodes in the show notes. Um, and then also David Thomas's new book, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, which is also excellent. And we interviewed David and talked to him about his new book as well. So I'm excited for you guys to get your hands on those books. And then the next book in the training category is called Raising a Modern Day Knight by Robert Lewis. And we talked about this book on the show as well a very long time ago, but it kind of cycles around. The themes of the book are definitely a foundation in this podcast. And this book will help you to develop some of those ceremonies, milestones, you know, having a manhood ceremony, celebrating their transition into manhood and those kinds of things. And then the last book in the training section is called Motivate Your Child. And this book is super practical, super helpful. It's by Dr. Scott Taransky and Joanne Miller. And we had Dr. Taransky on the show a few months ago. This book has been super helpful in our family just to establish some routines, to establish expectations, and how to develop that internal motivation in your child that doesn't involve sticker charts and bribing and things like that. So then the next section is to disciple. Um, So I have books to train, books to disciple, and books to entertain. So the discipling section has three books and The first one is the Action Bible. I think that probably every book giveaway that I do, I will probably include the Action Bible in this giveaway because it's just fabulous. I love the illustrations. It's a graphic novel version of the Bible, and it's very biblically accurate, and the kids just love it. And then the second book in that category, in the discipling category, is called The Biggest Story Bible Storybook which is, I know, a long title, but I don't know if you've read a book called The Biggest Story by Kevin DeYoung. It was a shorter book, maybe had 10 chapters. Well, this is an expanded version. So it's the Bible storybook, and it goes through the entire Bible, the chronology of the entire Bible. And what I love about it, number one, illustrations, because you guys know I love books with beautiful illustrations. Um, But I love his storytelling. I love the way he tells the stories in the Bible from a new perspective, and he includes humor, so the kids love it. They're short, they um, it holds their attention, and I've been reading this one with my six and eight year old. Um, I know my older kids would, would enjoy it as well, but I'm, I've been doing something else with them. So anyway, that is included in the giveaway. And then the last book in the discipleship category is a devotional book for families, and it's called The Very Best Hands-On Kinda Dangerous 
Family Devotions by Tim Shoemaker. I mean, what boy isn't going to grab a book that's like, what is dangerous? I want to be part of that. I want to do those devotions. And we flipped through the book when I first got it with my boys, and they saw some of the the chapter headings, and they're like, what? You get to blow stuff up? Ooh, I want to do that. Mom, when can we do the, the devotions where you get to blow stuff up? So it's really fun. There's a lot of hands-on, practical, um, kind of like science experiment kind of things, but then there's a spiritual component where it demonstrates the biblical truth for the kids. So your boys will definitely love that. And I said that's by Tim Shoemaker. I have been communicating with Tim Shoemaker, and I'm hoping to invite him to be on the podcast in the near future. And then lastly, there are two books that are to entertain your boys. And these are books that you can actually hand to them and say, hey guys, read this book, or you can read it together as a family. These are both Christian authors. The first one is The Wingfeather Saga by Andrew Peterson. So it's the very first book in The Wingfeather Saga. It's called On the Edge of the Dark Sea of Darkness. And it's kind of allegorical, kind of adventure, fantasy, and we've been reading it together. We've been reading the series together as a family, and I know that your boys will love that as well. It's a four-book series, and this is just the very first one. So if you love it, then you can go and and purchase the other books in the series. Um, And then the other book to entertain your children is The Green Ember, and this is by S.T. Smith, and he is also a Christian author, and Similar genre, kind of fantasy, adventure, allegory, and this one involves rabbits, and they are fighting, fighting rabbits. So I think the whole family would love that as well. So I would love for you guys to sign up for this book giveaway, and you can find a link to sign up for this giveaway in the show notes to this episode, which is lauriechristine.com forward slash 62. Or you can go to lauriechristine.com forward slash book giveaway 2023, which might be an easy way to find this book giveaway. Also, please, please, please let your friends know about this. If you have friends who are moms of boys, please share a link with this episode with them, share a link to the giveaway to them, because I would love to share this opportunity with as many people as possible. Plus, you get extra entries every time you share. So if you share a link on your Facebook page and somebody signs up for the giveaway through that link, you get 15 extra entries. And when you sign up, you get like a special URL. If you email that link to someone and someone signs up to that link, then you get 15 extra entries. So the total value of this giveaway is more than $125. So it's really, really a good deal. And I would love for you to sign up. This giveaway ends on February 5th, 2023. So be sure to go sign up today. Thanks so much for joining me on Redeeming the Chaos. And you can find the show notes to this episode at lauriechristine.com forward slash 62. And don't forget to go and check out Sandy Cooper's website, her blog, her podcast. Her podcast is The Balanced Momcast. And you can find her blog at thescooponbalance.com. 